Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. It's things to lose, so you got to feel it. I want them to feel it, but we got to use this now to be better. Presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Are you ready? The one and only. And the Chicago Sun Times, Adam Johns. What's up, everybody? Tearing it up. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. Touchdown, Bears! What's up? Welcome in. Happy March Madness. Here's a little break from all your college basketball. Some Bears football. Because it never stops. Never. Just drop my phone. Oh, Give I... me a second. You got it? You good? We're good. Yep. Speaking of that, I wore these sweatpants. Not these ones that I'm wearing now, but because I do the podcast in sweats. Oftentimes. <laughs> um, I was I wore these sweatpants that I haven't worn in like a year. and Feeling a little tight. As soon as I got in... My car, I realized why I stopped wearing them. Why? Every time I sit down in the car, the phone just slides right out of my pocket. Okay. And then down in between the seat oh, and the console. Oh, it's like the worst spot. It's yeah, like, yeah. this is why I stopped wearing Scratch these up your hand going in there. Got to get like a stick. It's terrible. It's terrible. No fun. Um, welcome in. Hogan Johns. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. My Bears Mock Draft 2.0 is up. We can discuss that here in a little Let's bit. Let's do it. Uh, and you can read John's East, ChicagoSunTimes.com. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. I don't even think I requested you do that last episode. So now do it twice, please. Two comments? Yeah. Two reviews, two ratings. Double it up. You can do that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think here, here's a big thing before we get into bear stuff. There was a big test that you didn't even know was going on, but it was you entering my house today. Did I pass? You're the first. Oh, yes. Okay. You're, yes. You're the first uh, non hogue to be in this house since the disaster of St. Patrick's Day 2019 which was my dog getting skunked at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> in the backyard? In the backyard. It's never happened before. I can't believe it's never happened before because Vernon Hills, we are known for our skunks. <laughs> we are known for... It's a stinky town. You can get a mattress on every corner. <laughs> there's a, there's that a, is very true. There's a mattress store every five feet in Vernon Hills, and there are skunks everywhere. So it, it was quite frankly an, stinky matches. An, an upset that it took three years for this to happen. But oh my God, was it awful. And this, what did you do? Tomato soup? What did they use? Yeah, to, see, to, I to, think that's a. skunk the dog. Well, he, here's one of the great things about Twitter. My first reaction was to tweet it out and to get advice from people. A lot of people suggested that, the tomato thing. But then a lot of people also said that that's a myth and that it doesn't work. But. Our friend Hub Arkish came uh, to the rescue. The man of many dogs. Hub is a huge dog guy. Hub saw my tweet, texted me immediately, like a lengthy text with exactly <laughs> what to do. It's a, a combination of baking soda, hydrogen peroxide, and Dawn dish soap. Okay. Oh, that's got to be a strong smell. Uh, All those three, whole, three things together. Uh, yeah. yeah. Trust me, what the but smell that was in it, yes. the house... You couldn't smell anything else. Yes. Um, but it worked. Credit to my wife. She washed the dog, Maggie, twice uh, within like 30 minutes, and she smelled fine. She got right in the face. Terrible. Oh. I felt so bad for her. Um, but the dog was fine. The problem was the house. Oh, my God. 
It lasted like the next morning was terrible. I had to leave the house and go to Starbucks and work, <laughs> which I like to do anyway. But Sorry, honey. I'm, I'm out of here. I was out of here. Um, and then it took like 48 hours. So you're the first person to, to be in the house since then. I'm like the guinea pig after the skunking. Well, because what would happen is you kind of get used to it in here. Oh. So I'd be like, okay, we're good. It doesn't smell anymore. And then I'd leave for a couple hours. I'd come home. I'd walk in the door and be like, oh, yeah, it's not gone. It's just like everybody's got a house smell. It's yeah. Your, whoever lives there can't smell. You're right. And ours just happened to be skunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, even Vernon Hills. <laughs> they had a brand new mattress. Oh, man. Anyway, so I'm glad. I, uh, I, did you guys just have breakfast recently? It smelled like something was fried. Uh, no? No, what it is, and I wish I had the tweet up in front of me. The best suggestion I got, um, and I wish I could give you a shout out, but I'd have to scroll through the responses to find it. Um, hopefully, it's one of our podcast listeners. Put cinnamon, sprinkle cinnamon on a cookie sheet. Okay. Put it in the oven on low. And just let it sit there. Your entire house smells like cinnamon in five minutes. Okay. Okay. It was the best suggestion we got. I smell some air freshener around here on the second yeah, floor. I plugged that in right over there, bad oh, boy. there it is. <laughs> Pumping my way. Okay. I'm going to smell uh, like Lysol. So, I, I'm assuming a lot of our uh, listeners have dogs. If that ever happens to you, I'm telling you, hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, and uh, and Dawn Dish Soap. Save your tomato soup. Shout out to Hub Arkish. Lifesaver. Thank you, Hub. And uh, yeah, in the house, just air fresheners, Febreze, cinnamon. The cinnamon so, in the oven thing's the best. The main question is, how do you re- prevent this from repeating itself? I, where, you, is the, where is the skunk? I don't know. Well, I did do kind of a check under my deck and just to make sure. I don't see any signs of there being a nest. So that's good. Didn't you have one under your front patio at first? Yes, which... Um, I was never confirmed if there was actually a nest under there, if it was just one time. I did see a skunk come in and out of there, and someone suggested to me, you you basically dip a rag in ammonia yes. and throw yes. it in there. Was that's that you? We, that's what we did when we had skunk uh, a skunk problem in our backyard. And that seemed to work. It did, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, For us, it did, yes. Some animals are still digging in there, because I still see the hole, but I've never seen a skunk since then. Okay. So I don't think it's... Possum. Maybe. Even worse. No, skunk's no, worse. Skunk's way worse. Possum's a nasty looking I, I I was just worried that we had like a nest in the backyard. Maggie's always back there. That could have been... Yes. Anyway. So there's some life advice to start the podcast. Yes, yes. As we uh, dive into some more free agents. Now on to Paddle Donald. <laughs> <laughs> the punter. Back on a two-year deal. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Not people who saw that on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, yeah, they instantly recalled his last punt, which was not a good one in the playoffs against the Eagles. That was a bad punt to end the season on. He actually was pretty good earlier in that game, was he not? Yes, he was. But that was a bad punt. Well, that was a bad sequence of events. Well, a lot of things went wrong. But a lot of things went wrong. Not just in special teams. I mean, forget. Special teams, but the defense, yeah. I genuinely felt like, though, that the Bears thought he had a decent year. Ryan Pace said it himself for the combine. Yeah. He's he good. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly committal, but offered some praise, I guess. You could phrase it like that. Yeah, I mean, well, Pat O'Donnell doesn't come out off as, like, this punter you absolutely have to keep. But it's also, I mean, well, how many punters do you, like, approach with with that mindset anyway. A handful. To me, he's almost like Bobby Massey. Like, if you lost him, it wouldn't have been the end of the world, but why create another problem? Yeah. Because he's not a problem. Could it be better? Probably. Sure. Could it be worse? Definitely. Right. And you already got this kicker thing going on. Yeah. So don't create another issue with punter. That's how I look at it. Hmm. So Pat O'Donnell, back in the fold. Okay. Tyler Bray, third-string quarterback. Back in the fold. I got to admit, I didn't even realize he was like maybe gone or free agent or anything. He's just there. You know, he was always there in the locker room drinking a coffee every time we walked in there during the media opening. Always there. And he had the bushiest of the quarterback beards. Yes. Yes. I wonder if they're going to do that again. But look, they, they continue to believe in the investment of that room. And Chase Daniel obviously is not going anywhere. They see Tyler Bray in a lesser but similar light. Well, that's what my, I guess what I was saying there was like, 
I didn't really ever think about Tyler Bray leaving because, no offense to him, I don't think there's a lot of demand for Tyler Bray around the league. But I do know that Matt Nagy specifically values him. He's been with, was with them in Kansas City. It's part of the reason why he came over with Chase Daniel. And there's a history there, and they feel like he was helpful in that room. Yes. Uh, which it wasn't a late in the year. Well, he got added to the roster when uh, Trubisky was out because they needed the backup to be to be active. And then yes. they, so they actually had to waive him at one point, and then they added him back to the practice squad. Yeah, he's one of those guys who's yeah. not on the team, but his roster. Or not that his roster, his locker is still there with all his stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like uh, he's not going anywhere. Yes, he's just got to stay away for. He gets a day off. Yeah, and have to re- report to work for for twenty four hours. But you know what? When people go nuts about like backup quarterbacks and the talent level of those backup quarterbacks, look. Yes, you want a capable one, but the number one job of that backup guy is to do everything in their power to help your number one guy. They need to be great teammates. They need to spend extra hours at Hallisaw, early hours at Hallisaw. And for all intents and purposes, Tyler Bray and Chase Daniel did that for Mitch Trubisky, and they want to continue that. So, look, it is what it is. It's a one-year deal. Maybe he'll play some roster shuffle again if Mitch Trubisky gets hurt. Knock on wood, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, I like the idea of having a third quarterback, and even better if it can be a guy that you can stash on your practice squad when necessary. Uh that no one's really going to try to poach from you. That's even better if he's bringing you value in the quarterback room every week. Yeah. I mean, because if no one's trying to get him, that means he's probably not the the greatest quarterback on the field. Well, he's a third-string quarterback. Of all time. <laughs> but if he's still giving you value in the room to the point that you feel like you want him around, if you keep him on the practice squad, especially a guy like I mean, Tyler. What, what's his eligibility going to be, though, this year? I don't know if he's got practice squad eligibility. That's the thing. I think they may have used it all up last year. Because he's been around for a while. Yeah, so like there could be a a time where they may desperately need that roster spot and he's gone. Maybe he comes back after a a couple weeks. But look, the the Bears are are one of several teams who put so much emphasis on that quarterback room and the culture and, and the people they surround their starter with. Look, it makes sense to bring him back. Maybe he has to disappear for a little bit. Maybe. Disappear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like he can't be found. <laughs> you can find him. Yes. He's tall. He's got a beard. Um, he likes coffee. And his locker probably won't be cleaned out. Correct. Well, okay. Tyler Bray. Did you see the angst on Twitter over some that announcement? No. Like, Where's Justin Houston? How can you announce <laughs> Tyler Bray and Nick Williams? And- um, get, get Justin Houston. Because you haven't signed Justin Houston. Yes. So yes. Um, I think there's still some competition out there for Justin Houston. I, I feel like at this point for some free agents, it's it's them, the player, realizing what exactly is truly available. Not only in terms of money, but years. Mm-hmm. Like the market changes every single day now. It, it gets worse for some of these guys. And it's the acceptance of what's truly available. Maybe it takes a little competition of two teams to really create that market for you. But at this point in free agency, people are value shopping. It's exactly what they're doing. Uh, one interesting addition the Bears made since our last podcast is a uh, little small fast guy named Marvin Hall. Little small fast guy. That's what he is. We're just two beer-drinking football guys <laughs> talking about a little small fast guy. Exactly. Uh, the Bears got a lot of little small fast guys. They do. That's why I found this an interesting signing. It, I mean, you look at I, I saw at least one highlight of him scoring a touchdown last year in Atlanta, right? Yeah, and it's pretty fast. Yeah. So I mean, just an interesting piece that maybe Matt Nagy can use. Of course, the question is, can he do other things? Yeah. Because, um, you know, can you contribute on special teams? You got to do something. Yeah, he's got that one year deal that makes him very disposable. Right. May not make the team. You, you did sign Cordell Patterson to be your kick returner. I know this little small fast guy small also, fast. also has that experience, but you do have other two little small fast guys, <laughs> Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen, you're kind of committed to. Well, Cordell Patterson's kind of a big fast guy. <laughs> so this is great analysis. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Riveting analysis. <laughs> uh, and then we didn't, uh, we covered the Haha Clinton Dick signing last week, but it hadn't 
really happened yet. Yes, so we this talked, is the one I want to talk about. We, yes. we talked about let's get serious. What kind of fit he would be, um, but we didn't necessarily know he's for sure going to be on the team at least at the time we recorded. And I think we even predicted because we were recording, he would sign either you know somewhere within a couple hours of ours being done recording the podcast, which is exactly what happened. So when you were dealing with your St. Patrick Day travesty, however you want to call it. Massacre. Massacre. Dealing with the smell in your house. I was out enjoying St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I got a lot of questions about Mr. Haha Clinton Dix. Mm-hmm. And I kept going to the same answer. If we're even arguing, like, who is better in terms of Adrian Amos and Haha Clinton Dix, then the Bears won this free agent acquisition. The Packers are paying... Adrian Amos, $12 million in guaranteed money. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix is at 3.25. He's been to a Pro Bowl. He has, what, three times as many interceptions in his career than Adrian Amos. So even the debate, having that debate, should tell you, anybody out there, that the Bears won this move. They got a high-quality player. May not be an all-pro guy, but he's a starter who has a knack for making big plays, who has an interception history, unlike Adrian Amos. I think it's a good move. Great move. Yeah, I like the move. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I put out the question on Twitter, which got a ton of reaction. Would you rather have Adrian Amos at four years, $37 million? Now, of course, it's not all guaranteed, but that's what the total contract is. Or ha-ha Clinton Dix at one year, $3.5 million. You know, the interesting thing about this question is, and I think part of the reason why I was so polarizing between the two fan bases is for the Bears, I'd much rather have HaHa Clinton Dix at one year, $3.5 million. Yeah. Now, I find this situation fascinating. You're essentially going to put two free safeties out there. I wonder... But they're so interchangeable now anyway. Yeah. But... There are there are packages where you need a true box safety. That's though. fine. That's fine. And that's the knock on Clinton. Dix. Yeah, you know what? You also have you know one of the best young blossoming linebackers as a chess piece too in Roquan Smith. Sure, I, I get that. But you know what? It's a pass happy league now. It's a quarterback driven league now. Give me the playmaker with ball skills over the in the box safety. Look at your your, your division: Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. Quarterback-driven division. Give me the playmaker. Well, and that's why I like this. I mean, he's gonna he he gets his hands on more on on more footballs. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls than Adrian Amos did. <laughs> but on the flip side, if you're the Packers, I still do. I think everyone thought I was like crushing the Amos signing. No, when, I'm, I'm, when I was just pointing out what they had. To go do. get yours. Yeah, poor yeah. drafting. You yep. have to overpay. You're, I think you're overpaying for Adrian Amos at four years, $37 million. But th- that doesn't mean I hate the signing for them. That's just the reality of the situation. For the Packers, their issue has been different than the Bears. They have had a lot of guys out there with range who could get their hands on more footballs, but they've missed a lot of tackles back there. They've had issues with missed tackles and being in the right place. And that's where Adrian Amos comes in, and he's a very sound, fundamental, um, smart football player who doesn't make many mistakes. Now, the interesting thing was, is uh, I think it was J.J. Stankovic. Pro Football Focus actually has this analysis company who loves them some Adrian Amos, actually had ha-ha Clinton Dix with... Fewer missed tackles than Amos. than Amos last year. That was interesting. Yes, yes. You know what? Yes, he's a reliable player. He's a heady player. He's smart. But Adrian Amos has missed some big plays in our experiences covering. Just go watch the Eagles game when, when Nick Foles throws up that duck. And who came, who came down with it? Golden Tate or was it Alshon Jeffrey? I, I, I forget. Mm. But it was, a, it was early in the game. Over the middle. I think it was Tate. An absolute duck over the middle of the field. Eddie Jackson did not play that game. He he did not play that ball well. Comes through and makes an interception. Adrian Amos played the body. 
Go watch the Dolphins game. That horrendous thing. You know, there, there's a play there where you can use this that, that long Albert Wilson touchdown where Eddie Jackson gets turned around and kind of gives up on it. That right? was probably his worst play of the year. Yes, yes. You can use that to criticize him to no end. But you know who else misses a tackle earlier in that game, in that play? Adrian Amos. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson is not at fault unless Adrian Amos was at, at fault first. That's a good point. It's a good point. So, I mean, from the Bears' standpoint, I like this. I mean, I, we talk, when we talked about it last week before the signing was official, especially when we talked about – and we didn't know what the money was going to be. We were speculating more than three point. I mean, one year, 3.5. That surprised me. It's a steal. So, and then to hear the things that age, uh, that HaHa Clinton Dick said, he took less money, obviously wanted to play with Eddie Jackson, but he said he wanted to – he doesn't want to be chasing a ring later in his career. Now – I also have to imagine that he got some pretty decent advice from his agents who probably said, hey, look, the big offers aren't there right now. If you're getting traded midseason, it sounded like Washington probably offered him more. But you, I don't know what the Washington offer was, but let's say it was a multi-year. Two two for ten. Sure. Whatever. You could go there for that or take less, go to Chicago, play on an Awesome defense, where you're probably going to look pretty damn good. Have many opportunities behind Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman to get your hands on the football. Because we saw that last year. That pass rush, guys were picking off balls everywhere. Yeah. So you got a chance to put up a huge season on a one-year deal. And you're still only going to be 27 years old when it's over. That's, that's a bigger and better chance to get a huge payday that's not there right now. So, yeah, it sounds great that he took less money to come to the Bears, but that's as much yeah, of a yeah, reason it, it as makes, anything else. It makes some business sense. It makes personal sense because you're, you're reunited with Eddie Dix. It's Eddie a great Jackson. fit for yes. both sides. Yes, yes. Look, the, the one knack on Adrian Amos, continuously. Look, they, they praised him for being reliable, all that stuff, right? But like Vic, we, we have those sound bites from Vic Fangio because they want him to get more, be a better playmaker. Yep. To, to to knock more passes down, to to intercept more passes, to, to to be around the ball more. Tackles are fine, right? Do your research. They think they have that in Ha And again, the price price is significant just in terms of. I mean, you gotta you gotta get some extensions to think about this year. You, you can't have that type of financial commitment on your back end when you have Eddie Jackson up next year. Made too much sense for the Bears. I like the move. Strong endorsement right here. <laughs> it, it, it's the political season. Everybody's endorsing people in Chicago these days. It's yeah, the mayoral race. Glad I don't have to deal with it anymore. I just have to deal with skunks. Yes, you have to deal with political skunks. Yes. Ooh, look at this. <laughs> uh, here's what I wanted to do this week: is kind of zoom out and take a, uh, a look at the division in free agency. Uh, and kind of been keeping track of players lost, players added. Of course, we've talked plenty about the Bears at this point. The key losses being Adrian Amos, Bryce Callahan, Josh Bellamy, if you want to throw him out there. Uh, we'll see Aaron Lynch could be somebody that kind of needs to be replaced. They have not added a, a pass rusher at this point. Oh, boy, do they need one. Probably. Uh, but the main additions being Buster Screen, HaHa Clint Dix, Mike Davis, and Cordero Patterson, and Ted Larson sunglasses. Yes. Can't forget Ted Larson's sunglasses. So, uh, are the Bears better? I don't think they're worse. And they were already a pretty good team. So I think the Bears, you could say, after you know a week or so of free agency, they're they're, they're in pretty decent shape. Well, well, the major improvements are supposed to be, co- be coming internally anyway. It's Trubisky right. being better in year two of Matt Nagy's offense. It's James Daniels improving in year two. It's Anthony Miller improving in year two. It's Roquan Smith Improving in year two. And dare I say, Eddie Jackson in year three can be even better, especially with Chuck Pagano, a guy who helped Ed Reed become a Hall of Fame player that he is. I mean, there's a whole long... Tariq Cohen, uh, Allen Robinson, uh, come a year removed from the leg. Uh, Anthony Miller, that's a huge one that has to get better. I yes. mean, there's so many guys that were already good contributors Khalil last year. Khalil Mack being here instead of coming here less than a week before the season opener. And maybe not missing two games because of an ankle. Yes, and we've talked about this too. We, I, I think Leonard Floyd is still a player who's a, a late bloomer. 
Yeah. Doesn't have as much pressure anymore with Cleo Mack around. We'll see what he could do with another training camp here, knowing he's going to get his fifth-year extension as well. Yeah. Um, so I think the Bears are on the plus side in terms of free agency, and you throw in all the, all the other stuff. They should be, uh, in my opinion, they should be even better next year. Now the Packers, let's move on to them, because I want to kind of just look at the Packers, Vikings, and Lions here in free agency. Uh, the Packers so far have lost Clay Matthews, who signs with the Rams, not the Bears. You made a pretty strong case for Clay Matthews last week. Um, I think he's closer to washed up than valuable. But interesting spot there with the Rams. Um, one of their underrated losses, I thought, was Jake Ryan going to Jacksonville, one of their linebackers. Um, Randall Cobb, he gone. He goes to uh, to the Cowboys. And Brashad Breeland, I believe, signed with Kansas City. One of their corners. Cobb, to me, again, like Matthews, it's a name. I don't know how big of an actual loss it is at this point in his career. That's just how I feel about yes. it. Uh, additions, though, Adrian Amos, I mean, I think they got better at safety. I, I think, again, I think they overpaid a little bit, but I think they got better at safety with Adrian Amos. Um, and, and I think it's a net positive on their pass rushers, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. Um, coming over, I, I, I think that they're – I don't know that they uh, signed anybody that's going to give you the type of impact that Khalil Mack gave the Bears last year. But, you know, they got the, the Smith duo now on the outside edge, and I think where Clay Matthews was in his career. Paid uh, a lot of money for that duo. Yeah, they but... did. A ton. I think a total of – one hundred and eight million dollars committed to two guys two. that combined for twelve and a half sacks last year. Unbelievable. Again, not all that guaranteed. Total guaranteed is thirty six million, but so they gave themselves some exits. But they also paid big for Billy Turner, offensive guard. Yeah, might help out their offensive line a little bit. Not get Aaron Rodgers hit so much. So I think. Uh, as, Look, I think the Packers overpaid. I think they had to a little bit. They spent a lot of money, but I do think they are slightly better in free agency than they were before. I also think, though, that these are some guys that, um, and and really no different than the Bears. Uh, are all the Bears signings going to work out? No, that's not how free agency works. So we'll have to see how how it goes here for the Packers, but. I, I understand the moves that they made here. For can, can I give you a fun fact? Do you it better know? be fun, though. Okay. Well, maybe not for the people in Green Bay. <laughs> Do you know why they spend so lavishly, which is a total break from the Ted Thompson ways of the past this year in free agency? Well, other than they they had to and they have a new GM. Yes, too. yes. Okay. So with Jake Ryan now moving on, mm-hmm. there is nobody on their roster from the 2015 draft class. Yeah. And that year, they took two defensive backs in the first and second round. No longer on their team. And I don't think the 2016 class is shaping up to me much better. No. Bad drafting. That's why they're changing their philosophy. Well, you know what? It, it, it's not even so much a change as it's just necessary. When you screw up in the draft, you have to fill it somehow. Yes. You have to fill those spots. Uh, and, and so you end up overpaying guys. It's just how it is. Um, now maybe they'll go back if they have a good draft this year, and we'll see how last year's class plays out. Then they won't have to spend so much in free agency in the future. But right now, I think they're in a, a two or three year window where they're going to have to keep plugging plugging holes with a lot of money. Not unlike the Bears did um, for a few, a few years. years yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. All right, let's look at the Vikings real quick. Um, their biggest move in free agency. Free agency so far has been bringing Anthony Barr back. It looked like he was gone going to the Jets. That would have been a a big loss to them. They they really are against the cap, though. So they they don't have a whole lot of space to do anything. And to me, they've lost more than they've gained. Because Barr, okay, you bring him back. That's not a loss or gain. It just helps that you didn't lose him. But they lost Sheldon Richardson, who went to Cleveland. Um, They lost Nick Easton, who just went to New Orleans, their center. Um, Latavius Murray mm-hmm. was an interesting signing in New Orleans. Andrew Sandejo is a good player. Is a good player in their secondary who just left for Philly. Uh, and our old friend Tom Compton. 
He gone too. I don't know. He's still in the league. He just got another deal, I believe. He did. Uh, Tom Compton signed with the Jets. As did Trevor Simeon. They're back up quarterback. Northwestern. Go Cats. Go Cats. Uh, their addition. That that was singular. Okay. Their addition is Josh Klein, the guard from Tennessee. Good player. Solid solid Fine. signing for them. Yep. Uh, probably an upgrade over Tom Compton, I'd say. Uh, but oh, and they also they re-signed Amir Abdullah too. Who joined them last year? But to me, they've lost more than they've gained. Yes. in free agency, and they've been really up against the cap. So no, because they gave a quarterback fully guaranteed contract. At this point, I don't see the Vikings being any better than they were last year when they failed to make a the lot playoffs. of pressure on that organization. A lot of pressure on their head coach. Not too long ago on this podcast, we talked about the the rumors of the discontent up there with Mike Zimmer and that yeah. organization. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, it kind of an average so-so non-playoff year, nine and seven finish. Still a pretty good team with a lot of good talented pieces, but their window is is closing quite fast. Well, and I remember talking about that last year, like when we were previewing the Vikings going into the season, especially on the defensive side. Really felt like that window. Man, is it probably one more year out of them? And now we're that year went by. Right. You need that quarterback to keep that window open, mm-hmm. and they paid to get one. Gosh darn it, Kirk Cousins got to win some big games. Right. You know, the funny thing about Kirk Cousins is you zoom out and you look at just the numbers from last season. He had a pretty good year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the, the numbers almost lived up to the money in a, in a weird way. But when you just watch them and the, the performance specifically in bigger games... It wasn't there. You got to do better. Well, we that's covered the, some of those. That's yes. why the, yeah, that's why the tape matters. You can't just go off the stats. The tape matters. I mean, sitting here late March, I don't look at the Vikings as an enormous threat to the Bears. No. I really don't. No. A descending team against maybe an ascending one, I would say. Probably. Uh, All right. Let's look at Detroit. Very Mm. active in free agency. Detroit was. um, They, let's see, who do they lose here? They lose Bruce Ellington. Okay. They lose, um, really, they didn't lose... They didn't really lose much in free agency at all. Uh, look at this. Well, one would say they didn't have much to lose. Right. That's, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, additions, though, a lot of big additions. Well, at least one one big addition mm-hmm. I like is Trey Flowers. Mm-hmm. I think Trey Flowers is just a, still 26. Um, a really good player. It's a crazy contract, though. Good for your locker room. They But they paid a lot. Five years, $90 million. Uh, fifty-six million of that guaranteed. That's a big chunk of guaranteed money. But you know, he's a to me, he's a dependable enough player that that he's going to be okay there. Um, but just to just to contrast situations a little bit, you know, there's going out and signing a guy like Trey Flowers, who you know isn't. I don't know where would you put him in the among defense. Defensive front guys. He's pretty good. Top of the second tier. He's a winning player. Yeah. I don't know if he's worth $90 million. No. Let me just contrast this to like going out and being a little bit creative and trying to find a guy like Akeem Hicks, like the Bears did. Also came over from New England at the time. You signed him to a much smaller deal. The demand wasn't quite as there, but you saw a guy who moved to a different defense, a better fit. You s- Now, there was a background there, too, with Pace and yep. him being in New oh, Orleans. You got Patricia and Flowers, yes. Sure. Um, but you got him in the right situation. You let him earn that money within your own building. Then you paid him. Yes. Then, and In fact, didn't you get two contracts? Because it wasn't that he re-signed once, and then he got the big, big money. So... I'm not bashing the signing. I actually like Trey Flowers as an addition to the Lions, but there's there's different ways to go about these things for guys who, again, you're overpaying here a little bit, in my opinion. There's always that worry, concern, too. It's the Patriots and the, the Ravens, two of the best drafting teams. Like, why aren't they re-signing their own guy? He's coming off a career year, seven and a half sacks, great piece to have. But what do they know that... You don't know. Obviously, Matt Patricia helps offset some of those concerns, but look, if they don't want to give him a contract like this, obviously you always overpay him for agency, but 
I, I'd be concerned. Yeah. It's fair. I, again, a, a key mix is a bit different because the Bears didn't give him this type of contract from the get-go. But I, I, I'd be concerned if Bill Belichick doesn't think this guy is worth this amount of money or anything close to it. Something's up. Um, Justin Coleman comes over. Cornerback from Seattle. Still only 26. Nickelback. Yeah. Uh, I just paid Nickelback. I just paid Nickelback now. And Jesse James, good solid tight end uh, from Pittsburgh coming over to Detroit as well. Danny Amendola, he's 33. I don't know about that one, but um, he's he could be fine. Maybe Leonard Floyd will suplex him again. It's two Maybe. opportunities a year now. Uh, with the Lions, though, in terms of just net free agency here, they had to get better. I mean, I don't know if all the signs are going to work out, but they're at least... The roster the looks Lions a are still the Lions. They're kind of a threat, but not really a threat. They're like, that makes sense. what yeah. we always talk about, they're just there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. That's how yep. I put it, and it's always accurate. The yep. Lions are just sort of there. They're, they're not going to be easy to beat. Like that game in Detroit on Thanksgiving was certainly not easy. Uh, you didn't have your starting quarterback. That didn't help, but you know, they're they're there. Yeah. Do they really scare you though? No. Not no, really. No. Not really. And I don't know that anything changes. I don't here. know if Matt Patricia's long for that job. It was a very dicey first year, it seemed like. Yes. Yes. If very I would tenuous. say so myself. Uh real quick before we get to my mock draft, and we're a little short on time here today. Um the uh the Sloan sports thing that said Khalil, the Khalil Mack trade was the best move of the entire year. For the Raiders. Not Yeah, for the Raiders. Now, I might surprise you with my stance here on this. That's you coming, know who the Raiders are drafting. That's going to be great. No no, 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 no. This is coming from an analytical standpoint. For Just so our listeners understand, this is an analytics okay. yes. deal. Straight numbers. And they said from a number standpoint... What they did, what the Raiders did, um, for, you know, it's taking into account money, long term, and because there's six years left on this contract. Yeah. So all I'm gonna say is, I don't think it's as crazy as it as it. Oh, sounds. No, I get that. No, okay. I get that. Yeah. And I think I said this at the time of the trade too. If we go back and listen to our initial reaction to the Khalil Mack trade, I said at the time. I think there's a, a pretty good chance that by the end of this deal, there's at least going to be a point where you're going, oh, man, this is really kind of in the way of things. It is an enormous cap hit going so, forward. So, and right now, it's not a problem. And if you win a Super Bowl, it's not a problem. It will never be a problem. Um, I went and looked at some of the, the guaranteed language in the portions of these contracts that the Bears have signed over the past few mm-hmm. years. They have given themselves so many outs. There's even one in the Cleo Mack deal that comes in like four years from now. So you may have six years left on the deal. I don't know if Sloan and Alix Group took an account of this just in terms of the 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 natural occurrence of, tri- of, of change that happens with these teams because of the financial exits they've given themselves within these contracts. From Allen Robinson to, to Trey Burton included. Right. They're there. Kyle Fuller's the only one. Like Prince Mukamara, you could get him off your books after this year for, for little to no cost. Kyle Long, too. So you can reload a little bit with, with younger players, especially if you continue to draft well. But I, I know what you're saying. Well, this is what I'm getting at. In fact, that potential out you're talking about comes in 2022. There's still three years left on the deal, and that's only three seasons away from right now. Yeah. Okay? And um, it would come with 12 million dead cap space. Go to the year after that. If you keep them a year after that, there's only 2.6 million. there you go. Uh, um, But this actually is proving my point because so you, you eat a dead cap there at in 2023, and I know we're zooming way out here. I get it. Khalil Mack at that point is 32 years old. Um, that might make a lot of sense because you know what his cap hit right now is scheduled to be? Oh, it's like 26.7 or something. $25.5 million. It's 27.1 in 2020. All I'm saying is it's actually probably likely that those last three years after Khalil Mack turns 30, he might still be very good. But these numbers are going to have to be either finagled, restructured, somehow, or you're going to eat a lot of cap money. There's going to come a time 
where you're going to go, wow, this this uh, this was a massive contract, and well, we'll see how it plays out because they did the, the Raiders did get a lot of um, draft capital. They used some of that free money to sign Antonio Brown, who's obviously very good. Not exactly a young player, though, but yes. Now, off the tape, how could anyone bash the Cleo Mack trade? Yeah. And how could you say it's great for the Raiders? That's where you, it you seems have to absurd. See what, you have to see what, with what they, they do with the picks first. But I'm just saying the Bears have given themselves some avenues for financial exits to free up more, more money. The cap always goes up every single year. The, the cap numbers are always so fluid. I mean, look at them this year. They went from having like the, the fewest cap space. Now they're in the middle of the pack. Right. Like you can give a big extension this year. Put put a bunch of more money on Cody Whitehair this year, so it's not in your books next year. They've given themselves some flexibility. But yes, massive contracts like Max, massive contracts like JJ Watts, Aaron Donalds, whoever's quarterbacks, whatever. They change your books. They change your philosophies philosophies a bit. So I, I get at least where the the spirit of the criticism is coming from. Yeah, I'm a. It's gonna be fun to watch over the years. Yes, I think the Bears are fine. And we're talking two or three years, four years down the line here. But sure. by that point, we'll know what type of championship we know the Bears actually had. All right, my Bears mock draft 2.0 finally dropped. It was a little overdue. Um, Miles Sanders, running back, Penn State. You really think you'll be there in the third I round? I don't know. I, I, it, it's. It's. I know that there are teams that look at him more like a fourth rounder. And I know that there are others that probably have more like a second rounder. He's not Saquon Barkley, though. I know he, I, if someone drafts him in the first, I think they're reaching. Um, but it's an interesting kid because he, stuck, he was stuck behind Saquon at Penn State. As soon as he got the starting job last year, I was like, oh, this guy looks like an NFL running back, too. Um, over 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, average five point yards per carry last year. I like the. You, you could tell he's got good vision. Um, he's patient running back, and um, you know he only had 276 carries in college. Low mileage behind Saquon Barkley, so this kid with a lot of upside. Um, that to me, that part of it is why I could see a team reaching earlier. But you know the way I do these mock drafts, if there's a chance the guy's going to be around and he's a fit for the Bears, the whole point of this isn't really like. I say this every year. I'm not trying to nail these the picks. The talent and the fit. I'm, I'm trying to give readers an opportunity to look at some prospects that would make a lot of sense for the Bears. And, and hey, maybe Miles Sanders is a guy the Bears would be willing to trade yeah. up for a little bit, too. Yeah. So that's hey, why I put him in here. I, I like saying Kareem Hunt, I think, was the number 86 overall pick. The Bears are at number 87. Uh, David Johnson, even better player than Kareem Hunt. Number 86 overall pick, too. Maybe just it was just a year ahead of Kareem Hunt. So... The talent can be found there in the third round. Some some exciting, exceptional talent can be found there at running back. I put a kicker in here for you. Yes. I've talked about yeah, it yes, before. Yes, Matt yes. Gay out of Utah. Yes. Who didn't even start playing college football until 2017. Then he won the So league. he's got low mileage, too. Yeah, he's got low <laughs> mileage as a kicker. But he is 25 already. That doesn't really matter as a kicker. What do you think about my Miles Boykin to tight end um, situation? Would you call him a tight end? I think he could be a tight end. He's a big guy. Yes. I yes. think he's got some room to, uh, to to pack on some muscle there. Now, he had a great 40 time. Did he not? Like 4-4 four, four something? Did. He's a he big did, guy. Which, uh, he was like... Good vertical as well. Everyone was like middle, late round pick here. Yeah. Then he blew up the combine. Yeah. Um, so I could push him earlier. Here's my problem. He doesn't look that fast on tape. It, 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 yeah. That was one of those 40 times where you're like, wait, i got to go back to the tape. And then you go back and look at the tape, and you're like, yeah, okay. He doesn't play like a four four two guy. Sorry. But I think um, if he can – he I, he shows signs of being a good blocker. He played close to 230 at Notre Dame. I think he could get up 240, maybe even more. To me, that's a very interesting guy to use as a possible tight end. Unique red zone threat there. A little more athletic than yeah. what you have in terms of Adam Shaheen. And if not, then he's an extra wide receiver. So I, I talked to him at the, the combine when we were there, and he said the NFL Draft Advisory Board gave him a second-round grade. Now, I was shocked by that. Really? That's, he said that's why he entered the draft, because he heard the second-round grade. I, I was shocked by that. And then he goes out and runs the 4-4. So we'll see. He's got the size. Finally had his breakout year at Notre Dame. Local Chicago South Suburban kid from Providence. 
I would do it. So, another, yeah, he is from Providence. Tinley Park, grew up in Tinley Park. One of the reasons why I like I, I can't get this tight end idea out of my head was when he, Notre Dame played in Evanston this year, and I'm standing there on the sideline, both before the game and during the game. I'm like, how's that guy a wide receiver? He's a tight end. Yeah. Like, he's just running yeah, big, around. Yeah. He's not extremely fast. He's a huge target. He makes great catches. And I'm like... And so I'm like, man, he looks like an, he looks like he could be a tight end to me. And then when I start talking to some people behind the scenes, I, I don't think I'm alone in that thinking. Yeah. Well, just to re- relate it back to the Bears, here's Bears, 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 Bears and Bears. You're thinking about Bears. Back to the Bears and Bears. It, it, it was St. Patrick's Day. So, oh yeah, it was. Um, they like a variety of threats. So, like we mentioned earlier, those aforementioned little short, fast guys. Little short, fast guy. You could maybe use a big, kind of slow guy. Not that he's slow, but a bit different. Matt Nagy likes variety. Changes the matchups a bit. Changes the game planning for opposing defenses. So I can see a guy like that being completely open to uh, quasi-receiver slash dead end. All right, I want to close the podcast with this. By the way, you can read the rest of the mock draft. WGNRadio.com slash bears. All the picks are up there. We got to talk about the Mighty Ducks. You mentioned the Mighty Ducks last week. You said you couldn't find it. I told you it's on HBO. You said you don't have HBO. I don't have HBO, which is weird. Um, <laughs> I so I watched it with James for the first time this week on HBO. Well, with him, I've seen it many times. Yes. I watched it with J- James's first time watching it. Yeah, it's on HBO. Gordon Bombay was so overrated as a coach. <laughs> Come on, so overrated. He did not handle the locker room well. He did not. He no. was terrible with no. the kids. And then even like when he, this is my point. I think he was a good general manager. He goes out and finds Fulton Reed. Yeah, it's great signing. Adam Banks. Adam Banks. He 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 realizes that the lines are drawn wrong in the districts. I mean, it's a great general manager move. But then he gets Banks in the locker room, and all the all the kids treat him like crap. Turmoil. And he just like stands there. Yeah. He doesn't do anything about it. So terrible coach. Okay, he didn't draw up any plays whatsoever until the championship game. The flying V. I mean, uh, but what happened to the rest of the season? That's true. Was there any coaching there? Okay, and then like, you know, uh, Conway gets all this credit for like. I was gonna say uh, someone's got to be the glue piece. There's got to be Charlie Conway. Go watch the movie. Conway didn't do anything. It's kind of a baby too. Until the end of the last game, where he has the penalty shot. Then he gets good in D two, but that was when Bombay. (laughs) Was off in the minor leagues. Yeah. So who yeah. developed him? Because it wasn't Gordon Bombay. Okay. All right. Also, you know Jesse Smollett was in Mighty Ducks. Yes, he was. He's Terry Hayes. Yes. Jesse Hayes' brother, and then Goldberg, the goalie, Sean Weiss, has had just. I actually feel bad for the guy. He's terrible. You've seen the photos of him? Yeah. Oh, my All God. All sorts of problems. So, I mean, uh, Gordon Bombay did not do these kids any good life lessons here. <laughs> Are you telling me James did not enjoy the movie? Uh, James, yeah. yeah. He on. calls it the hockey movie. He liked it. Yes. Quack. Well, quack. here's a... I'm, we're gonna, quack. Quack. We're going <laughs> to do a review of D2 next week, okay? okay? <laughs> yeah. Got to go revisit that. Because now I want to yeah. watch D2. By the way... Is D3 the one where they go to the prep school? Yeah. yeah, that's the D3. Yeah, and, D2, D2 and Bobby ditches, ditches the team yeah. because he's off with his Icelandic girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's D2, right? And whatever happened Where they play to, the men from Iceland. Whatever happened to Conway's <laughs> I love mom. Michael. Yeah. Um, by the way, I love the movie. I'm not bashing the movie. Love Mighty Ducks. No, you're I'm just, just you know the, we got to say how it is. The, Bombay is a reporter in, coach. in analysis, and you're the sports reporter, and you it questions Gordon Bombay's. You know, and there cannot be a Disney movie with m- worse adults across the board. Uh, you got the uh, the coach for the Hawks, who's just a terrible guy teaching these kids all the wrong things. <laughs> the Adam Banks' dad, after his kid switches the other team, still roots for the Hawks instead of his own kid. Uh, Ducksworth, Mister Ducksworth, just fires fires them. Because he's uh, actually doing good things for the community now. And this now. is just how competitive state hockey is in Minnesota. Hans was cool. Yeah, Hans was cool. I like Hans. But even the mom, like Conway's mom, 
is like <laughs> you're going full bash mode. She's over freaking here. out over the limo being on the ice. It's Minnesota in January. Yeah, the ice is fine. Yeah, and then he makes a comment about which room he could have in the castle, and she freaks out over it. Settle down, Conway's mom. <laughs> did you take notes? I did take a couple notes. Yes. Um, the best part when the North Stars are playing the Whalers. That's cool. Two of the best jerseys ever on okay. the ice at the same time, yeah. and you can't get it anymore. You know, my favorite, some of my favorite movements of those Mighty Ducks movies is when they're actually in the rollerblades. Yeah, going through towns and they on yeah the way to school in the first one they uh, they deck the woman in the mm-hmm. in the mall. Yes, into the fountain. That's funny. Yes, it is. I I think it's you fun. feel better. I feel great. I just felt like you know we. we Got to call the movie out for some things. <laughs> like they 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 openly called the 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 line with the with the two black kids on it the Oreo line. Yes, they did. You can't do that. And then, but they do. Uh, Tammy corrects him for saying calling the team guys instead of you know more general gender neutral. Okay, they correct that in the movie, or they make a comment about it. But Oreo line is apparently okay. It's ridiculous. On our next podcast, Adam Holt, Adam Holt will rip Sandlot, another American classic. I'm not ripping the movie. Mighty Ducks is great. Bombay's overrated. After that, he may rip Caddyshack. No way. Bill Murray, they keep showing on his TV here because he's at the uh, Minnesota Louisville. That dude is just everywhere. He likes his college basketball. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Still employed. Still a robot. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, Fun episode. We'll have your review of D2 next week. We'll also, more importantly, be at the owners' meetings in Arizona. Correct. So we will have a, uh, a, a great podcast from Arizona for you. That's coming up next week. Read us, WGNRadio.com slash Bears, ChicagoSunTimes.com for all the updates from Arizona. At Adam Hogue on Twitter, at Adam Johns on Twitter. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Hope you enjoyed the skunk advice, Mighty Ducks review. We cover it all here on Hogan Johns. Diverse talents. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him.